You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Welcome to the Palace of Mega Pixels. This is Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo! Welcome to Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host, Stephen White. With me, as, as always, is my co-host, Lacia Finley. Well, happy Monday. Hopefully, y'all are off work. Yeah, for those. Chilling on the holiday, or at least over here in the States. It's a, it's a holiday, mm. public holiday. That's true. That's true. Labor Day Barbecue for, and for those. Or maybe do you just you do. don't care about doing that. Or like me, just eh. stay in the same room you're in. Seven other days of the week. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy yeah. the day off. Enjoy it. Oh, I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna be very nice to not have to do anything. Yeah, I don't really plan on doing. I actually did my grilling uh, yesterday, oh, or nice. the day before, the day before Friday, whatever. Oh, okay. Or whatever day it is. Whatever for day people. it happened on. Yeah. Anyway, no, I just <laughs> I had this craving. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it just happens, and sure. I said, you know what, I want a steak. And I'm I'm normally yeah, not yeah. Uh, a steak person. Not that I don't like them, but no. I just don't have cravings. I'm always for in them. the mood for a good steak. Yeah, but that's my go-to. <laughs> but no, something just kind of washed over me. I was like, you know what I want? I want a good steak, some mm-hmm. mashed potatoes, some green beans, and and that's that's all I want. So nice. we had you know the sides. So I went out and got like two uh, ribeye steaks. Mm-hmm. Threw them on the grill for like five minutes. Got a nice medium rare. Nice and tender. Mm. So good. Mm. So good. Man, I wish I would have known. Yeah. I might have had to make a drive for that. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. Good. So. Sounds delish. Oh, it was. Medium rare guy, eh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to go a little medium. Mm-hmm. It's a texture thing for me. I need just a little bit more oomph to it yeah. than... Well, and I can understand that. <laughs> and trust me, I, I've not always been that way either. That was another mm-hmm. thing, too, is, you know, growing up a kid, you, you hear you got to cook it. You got to cook it done. You got to cook it done. Mm-hmm. And my dad is one of those well done types. And that's, I think it's a generation thing, maybe, because my mom was the same way. Mm-hmm. Could be. But it was always well done. Mm-hmm. But. I, I just, I was like, you know, how how do I want it? I was like, I don't want it rare. Um, I said, medium or something to that effect. So it might have mm-hmm. been somewhere in between medium, medium, rare. But, you know, five minutes here, five minutes there, boom, you're done. And it looked good. Go. And it was tender. Beautiful. It was juicy. Hey, if you like it, Tasty. that's all that matters. You yeah. didn't kill yourself. No, I was fine. <laughs> didn't get it sick from the food, so you're good. <laughs> no, it was all good. It's all good. So, hey, I want to talk about, yeah. I want to talk about something real quick. Because it's been on the news, uh, well, it's been in the news, uh, and it's not video game related, but I feel like it's important to talk about. Uh, I wish we had someone here that could speak uh, more volume about it, I guess, in a way, but I feel like it's important, even though to some it might not seem important, so I want to bring up why it's important. Um, Shang-Chi 
um, The Legend of the Ten Rings, the newest yeah. Marvel film that came I out. I saw some headlines. I did not dive in, so you'll actually be educating me on this. So here we go. Okay, so it's <laughs> it's the newest movie from Marvel. You know, pick mm-hmm. does continued stories and whatnot. I uh, went and saw it Friday, which my first return to the theaters. Nice. And hopefully it went well. You know, it wasn't a packed house or anything like that, but I mean, it was, yeah. you know, there were a lot, there were a handful of people. It wasn't mm-hmm. super packed, but it wasn't like empty you had your either. Space. Yeah. Yeah. Which I could have done with a little bit more because a couple off to our left had some annoying kids. And, oh, you know, one of those yeah. kids that just can't sit still. They're not. It's a, like I finally come out after a year and right? a half of hibernation. <laughs> Yeah, and this, I mean, you people with kids, we love you too. I don't know, this, you're one of them, but <laughs> this was the exact reason I didn't go to the theater to see Black Widow, is because I was oh. like, you know what, I can stay It'd home for this, but for Shang Chi, they didn't give me the option, so I was like, damn, I've got to go back out, <laughs> right? And this is this is why I don't want to go out because when I was out, this kid, I'm getting off topic but the kid was (laughs) the kid was 10 years old had to be and couldn't sit still for shit yeah well the parents should know their attention level oh they i'm sure this isn't the first time you know this has happened (laughs) much to their shock yeah they were just as bad over there going shh shh it was like just do something with your kid so they weren't enjoying it either. Apparently Fun not. Fun times all around. Yeah. <laughs> so I was trying to watch the movie. And I did I did watch the movie. I enjoyed the movie. And one I I guess to not to get too deep into it like a review or anything like that, but what I really enjoyed about the movie, this is probably one of the best origin films that has that Marvel has done. Mm-hmm. Um and out of a lot of them. And I don't know why this one feels different. There are a lot of reasons it can feel different, but I think maybe mm-hmm. the structure and how they presented the origin, it wasn't like, well, here he is as a kid, and now he's an adult, and then now here's things, and now he's a hero. Woo! They found a way to shift and focus on certain elements when it was necessary. Don't tell everything up front and just kind of pace yourself and just tell it as it needs to be told. And I think that helped a lot. Furthermore, the supporting cast, all around, top-notch. Yeah. One of the things that I was concerned about going in is his best friend in the movie is Aquafina, And she's always amazing. But Mm -hmm. I was afraid she would be relegated to that, hey, I'm just your comic relief buddy. And, oh, look at Mm -hmm. you and your craziness. Oh, my gosh, you're kung fu now. Oh, no, you're doing, oh, wow. And that's all she would be. Yeah. But she wasn't just that. And that's what made me happy about it. Because she wasn't just relegated to being the laugh track. They actually put her to work. And they made her important. So I was like, that, I mean, that was a nice change. It it was a really, really nice change. So many things about the movie were refreshing, to say the least. And I think... What makes that important is we're we're talking about Asian representation. And this is one of those few movies that seem to be out in the world now where you have a full Asian cast, Asian director, the, like the entire crew is 
to my knowledge, would be of Asian descent. And you, there aren't enough movies like this that are mm. getting the spotlight. Yeah. Um, movies, I think one in particular that I saw, Lucas Egan, who our friend uh, oh, that yes, we've had yes, on yes. the show, he used uh, Crazy Rich Asians as an example when he was talking about this, saying that you know when this movie came out, there was supposed to be this this big push like this will be the one where where you know Asian people finally get their due and there'll be this this swath of mm-hmm. of Asian led films and then where are they at? Nothing. You know the only movies and he even pointed this out and I was trying to think he's absolutely right Crazy Rich Asians Parasite mm-hmm. which that was yeah. kind of surprising it even won the Academy Award that wasn't just oh it's a foreign film we'll give it that no it got the actual Best Picture. Oscar, which yeah. it's it's a fantastic movie. If you've not seen that, go check out I Parasite. I have not. Yeah, I'm slacking. Hulu. I need to. Hulu. And if you get, Hulu? do you have Hulu? I do. Yes. You should be able I to find. How it I've on not Hulu. seen it. Okay, I'll have to just actually search. If it's not on there, I might be able to hook you up some other way. But okay, it's it's a. I need to check it out. Fantastic movie. Fantastic movie. And then of course Shang Chi comes out, and. There's, there's nothing else. So I feel like this movie is important. And, and one of the biggest reasons, one of the driving forces that I had mm-hmm. to want to go see this in theaters is there was this early buzz this past week. And it just, it rubbed me the wrong way. Like there was, um, I'd say a few weeks back, there was this possible miscommunication, which I, I could see where this could be skewed, but I also understand where... The star, Simi Liu, or I hope I said his name right. It'd be terrible to sit here and talk about this and I can't even get that right. But anyway, mm. he was, uh, there was the president of Disney had said something like Shang-Chi was a, an experiment. And what? To, yeah, we need context yeah, for now, sure. He was on like one of those conference calls about their whatever Disney's talking about. Yeah. And on one hand, they were possibly talking about how this is going to have a 45-day theater window before it goes to streaming, which is not okay. something they did uh, previously. You know, everything else is either dropped um, on the streaming site, you know, day and date. So you can, like, Black Widow was, like, on Disney+. Plus. You pay 30 so bucks. So, like, testing a theater release after... Right. This whole new normal, whatever it is we're doing. Yeah, seeing how how profitable doing 45 days in the theater and then dropping it on Disney Plus or whatever streaming okay. platforms would be. That was the possible meaning for experiment. However, it was possibly translated on Twitter by... Oh, I think I see what happened. The main... telephone, maybe? Yeah, and... and he sent out a tweet like, you know, we are not an experiment. We are Asian. We are, you know, a good. Right. You'd, you'd have to go look at his tweet, but it was just like okay. this powerful piece about, you know, we're not an experiment. We're who we are. And we're important. And so is it a misunderstanding? I, I think or? it was. I don't think it was meant to mean Shang-Chi, the movie, was an experiment. I think it was meant sure. like the theater release in which it was like going to happen. testing theater releases right. again and seeing where it goes. So, to, to my knowledge, that was all cleared up. Okay. But oh, okay. Anyway, now we're here, 
And this past week, like I said, you heard, oh, it's not going to do well. It's, it's going to bomb. It's going to be terrible. It's just not going to bring in money. And you're like, but why? Well, why do you yeah. think that it's just not going to do any? And because theaters aren't doing well. You don't think the movie's going to be good. Like, why do you think it's? Yeah. yeah, it just it struck me the wrong way that everyone like you hear these early buzz about the movie, which I'd heard weeks ago. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is going to be awesome. This is great. This is fantastic. And then suddenly it's just like, ah, it's not going to do well. It's going to it's going to bomb. It's like, but why? Why do you think it's going to bomb? Ass. So I was like, no, 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 I'm going to go to theater to make a point. I'm going to see myself. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't, you know, tell with you. You're not going to say that right. this movie's going to bomb and you have nothing to back it up other than just like, I probably hadn't even seen it yet. Yeah. That's my favorite. Like, <laughs> It was just all this negative buzz around it. And I was like, no, I'm not going to, no. I'm not going to let this stand. This is bullshit. So I know that I'm just one person, but I bought two tickets. And my money went to that box office. So if it broke any records this weekend, and I hope it does, then screw all the detractors out there. Or at least as well, because I think people are still hesitant to go back in some regards, too. So, I mean, and I get we it. might just have to test a little bit. Maybe use different phrasing mm-hmm. than experiment on. Maybe that's just, you know, if, if that was, in fact, the context, you know. Yeah. And it could just be seeing, like, are people willing to go back out? It, it, it profitable enough to make it worth it, I guess, it's, maybe. I, I so. get that people are hesitant. And I, if mm-hmm. you have not gotten a vaccine, and I know y'all don't want to hear all this, right. but if you haven't gotten a vaccine, I can I can definitely understand not wanting to go. However, um, if I may, in support of the vaccine, if you've not gotten a vaccine... And you want to know how uh, effective and efficient it is? Mm-hmm. My daughter, Piper, was testing positive. All right, yeah. Everybody else in the uh, house, except for Calliope, obviously, the our yeah. youngest, uh, has gotten a vaccine. She had her first dose. Nobody in this house had symptoms. No one in this house has COVID now. We're perfectly fine. And it's not to say that the booster shot won't be needed in time, and I will be sure. getting it. But guess what? Right. Nothing happened. We're yeah. perfectly fine. It doesn't mean COVID is a hoax. It means the vaccine works. Right. Yeah. That's and how I mean, I still, uh, as I'll always say, still talk to your doctor about what's best for you. Yeah. Don't just turn them off because they're talking about the vaccine. I don't think this is the one time they all gathered together to try to, you know. No, no, no. Make a mess of things. <laughs> that was probably when you know they were prescribing us opioids. But that's a different. Hey, conversation. yeah, that's an entirely <laughs> different conversations with those sons of bitches, and they're getting away with shit. Anyway, but no, go go see Shang Chi. Support it any way you can. And mm. I tell you what, I tell you what, and I mean this with all sincerity. It's such a beautiful culture that what, what the one that they explore within the film, the movie. Like, when they were sitting there saying his name, you know, we're sitting here like, big old country bunker, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi. Trying to say it in our, in our inflection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I try to say it as, as proper as I can, but then they're saying it, and it just sounds so much more perfect. Shang-Chi. Well, sure. 
some of those sounds we just don't have. Yeah. And like, you know, some languages just have different sounds than the other one does it. So when we're trying to make that sound, it's like we don't have anything to reference back to to like, oh, what? Mm hmm. Or like, since it's not phonetic, like, how do I spell that? You know, or something so it's like, you know, that's why I think it's complicated if you're never, ever, ever spoken. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're looking at it. It's like, this is like so different from what I know. I guess what what I, I find fascinating most about it is, I don't know about you, but um, I kind of like watching movies with other cultures because it's not mine. <gasps> Yes. You know, so yes. if I get to see something that I don't know anything about, and but is equally fascinating. Yeah. yeah I want to. And it's just it. like, it's a, it's a lot of the times it just tells stories in a different way. So it's unique and exciting and fun yeah. when we're kind of used to the same sort of formulas mm -hmm. to mix it up and watch something else. I don't know. I'm very drawn to a lot of those types. Like, I feel like the acting's quality, the stories are usually bonkers and told in such a way that's just. I don't know. I always say go explore it, man. Yeah. You don't know whether you'll like it or not. <laughs> I mean. And if you don't know well, it wasn't for you. <laughs> go watch something else. But try it. You never know. Like I was asked at one point by uh, a friend of mine. I don't know if you've ever watched The Boondocks. Uh, it's an animated series based on I, a comic strip. A little. Strip. Not, not consistently, but I have over the years. Like, yeah. I mean, that's that's a, a animated series that's really heavily... Uh, influenced by black culture. I mean, obviously, because mm -hmm. characters uh, within. I was going to say, I feel like the the creatives. Yeah. And a friend of mine who was black, is black still. It's not like he changed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he asked one time, he's like, why do you like this show? Why do you watch this show? And I was like, because it's interesting. It's not about just, oh, look, they're black. It's they're They're talking about culture that I'm unaware of. But they're mm -hmm. also talking about very socially relevant topics that mm -hmm. does affect me, regardless of race. And, and interesting to see how it affects people differently. Right. Yeah. And they're yeah. doing a great job at it. It's not one singular standpoint or something like that. They, they cover all sides. They're exploring every little avenue. And uh -huh. even when they poke fun at white people, I don't care. I don't give a shit. Make fun of me all day because I'm white. I don't yeah. care. I'm, it doesn't bother me. And I know some people just, fuck you. Fuck you, you racist. Well, some people don't understand not everything's about them. Yeah. Like, if, if you didn't relate to it, then it probably wasn't about you. And you, you can feel confident to move on with your life with your head held high. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to get involved in it. Right. <laughs> like it just, it's, it's ridiculous that people get so butthurt when, and I think that's where I get uh, very defensive for comedians now. Because a lot of them can't do the jokes that they want to do. And I'm not saying yeah. there's a fine line between being funny and being hateful. Right. And those people who are making jokes that might seem at someone's expense, if you pay attention to it and it's a good joke, they're poking fun, but it's it's not meant to be malicious. I feel like we are losing that humor a little bit. You should be able to make fun of yourself a little bit, too. Because the reason why it's funny is it's relatable. Right. You know, and I, I mean, obviously, there are exceptions to that when people are making jokes to be hateful. And that's a completely different situation. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. If it's completely with malice, then yes, of course. But. I mean, if you're just saying something to be mean 
to a particular race or a particular gender. Right. Like you're, you know, when you're trying to be offensive. I you mean, know when that was the intent. <laughs> and and you you do. And there's a with a lot of people, most of us can tell when it's a step too far or a perfect joke. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can laugh at it, I'm just like, oh man, that was. <laughs> Might have been a sick burn, but that was good. Or yeah. if I'm like, ah, hmm. It's like, look up the setup and delivery. It's like, crap. All right. Yeah. I got to give that one. No. Yeah, you screwed the pooch on that one. But anyway, I want to talk about one other thing real quick, and then we'll get on with it. He's a, it's going to be a long show. Buckle in, guys. Yeah, sorry. Buckle in. I just, but I had to bring this up. I mean, it's not like it's important or anything like that, but I, I got so excited. I got so yeah. excited. What's up? I finally got my hands on a copy of the Army of Darkness Director's Cut. What? Yes. All right. Oh my God. So that had to be so much freaking fun. I was so oh excited because I have heard that one that the cut has existed. I know I've seen mm-hmm. like a television cut that added some new stuff, and I was like, "There's got to sure. be all this stuff out here." Shout Factory had a collector's edition. And one of the last times that I went looking for it, I think it was on Amazon, it was hard to find. So I went mm-hmm. to their site directly and sold out. And I was like, damn it, what the hell, dude? And I was just yeah. so upset. So I just kind of kept my eye on it. And I had come back around to the site to look for um, another set of things, which... You know when you just you, they they suck you in they suck you in and I got sucked in add to cart add to cart yeah fine I'll add that to cart I got sucked into something which I hope will be worth it I think it will be so we'll just see anyway uh, as I happened to be there I just thought I'd look to see if mm-hmm. the movie was there and there it was and I Otherwise. wasted no time and it was like bye bye bye. <laughs> I will add everything else later. And no time. the other thing was a pre-order. So I, it was all like one big lump thing. And they shipped it early. I was so surprised to find it in my mailbox the other day. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, it came. So I had purchased a 4K version of Evil Dead 2 some time ago, but I've not watched it. Well, now that okay. I had this, it was like double feature night. Double feature night. Yeah. We're going to do this. Your weekend is set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Evil Dead 2 and 4K looks pretty good. I was going to say, like, that's that would be an interesting experience. Mm-hmm. I've just recently dipped my toe into the world of 4K. Yeah. So, it, clearly I've not seen it in 4K. Like, I won't... <laughs> Barely saw it in HD. <laughs> I won't say that it's... Um, I, I guess I'm going to continue to use that, that Friday the 13th uh, Blu-ray as, like, a basis... Like, it wasn't, like, that pristine to where it was just like, oh, my God, you know, everything they've done. But it it looked good. Like, they'd done some cleaning up on it. It was pretty crisp, but it didn't just, like, blow my mind how amazing it looked. Like, the leap from it right. wasn't, okay. But well, it, it, I mean. But it looked good. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so I'll give it that. And now, granted, the Army of Darkness was not a 4K, but I got. Interesting. It was a Blu-ray set, had the original cut, director's cut, and then it had an international cut, which is apparently what they show on TV. Didn't know that. but With the alternate ending? Well, I think the director's cut's the one that has the alternate ending. The international okay. cut seems to be like a blend of both. Like you're adding 
some new stuff in, but then you still have the original ending. So it's almost okay. like the best of both worlds. All right. As as they say. So I was I was I had fun with it because there were some scenes in there that I'd never seen before or some new sequences. They even kind yeah. of rearranged a few little things here and there that was just like, Oh, that's new. Oh, that's new. So Fine. that was kinda nice. But it was it was cool because it was like seeing an entirely new well, yeah. not an entirely new, but it was just when you saw something new, it was like, ooh, this is new. Ooh, this is new. Right? Ooh, it's ooh. like we could pick it out. It's like I've seen that one so many times now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the, the cabin scene where he got, you know, he was in the cabin. Are we talking about two or Army of Darkness? Army of Darkness. Where, uh, the oh, okay. windmill, I guess, is what it was. Where he, okay, yes. In the forest. That scene right there. I knew from the moment I ever first watched this movie, there was stuff missing out of that scene. You know, because there was a, I think after they had, his face had fallen on the, the, uh, what do you call it? Stove, I guess that's what it is. And he was oh, sitting there burning yeah. and he pried his face up. It went from yeah. that to him having like black soot all over his face. And I was like, now how the hell did that happen? There was an entire sequence of events that happened. <laughs> I guess it never really occurs to me because he's, I'm so used to him just having junk all over him and every movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's always filthy. <laughs> But I knew, I knew there had to be some missing scene in there. Plus, when uh-huh. he slips at the end, like after, like when he falls down and hits his head, there was yeah the the prat fall yeah yeah there was a yeah. reason why he slipped because there was something on the floor. There was all these little things that they cut so many little. See, elements I thought out. he did that because he's known for just doing those like ridiculous like prat falls and physical comedy mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I yeah, I would have just assumed it was. You would intentional. think I would have assumed he still was hurt because they had no F's to give on his safety mm-hmm. from what I've read in all of the books and things like that. But like, yeah, you know. Oh, you got to give him commitment to his craft and evil did too. Boy, mm-hmm. he was like glutton for punishment, smashing plates on his oh head and flipping and re- around. And remember, this was all on film. Mm hmm. This was on Super 8, man. This wasn't no digital where you could just keep re-going, re-going, re-going. You had, to, you had to set them shots up, man. Make them count. Yeah. So, hey, what have you been playing? What have I been playing this week? Well, I finally was stubborn long enough with Death Come True, the interactive movie that's been out for like a year or two now. Because <laughs> I don't know why I had this dumb rule where I'm like, I'll get it on sale. But it never went on sale. Well, it finally went on sale. <laughs> I was just having this stubborn battle of wills with this game for whatever reason. Um, anywho, great. I was very pleased with it. They should have never gone on sale. They deserved all the money. So just go throw it at them because it's really good. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just I'm t- it, when we were talking about trying out movies uh, from there, same thing with the games here because this is from over there as well. It's an Eastern you know, uh, Asian country. And I, it's just, it's fast paced. They're to the point. Uh, the cho- It does lend itself for twice. I wouldn't say for more than that. I wouldn't say more than that because I unlocked everything after two playthroughs. So, but that's still fine, mm-hmm. you know. But like, I just, it's I, something about the way they tell the stories with the interactive movie, all the ones that I've tried. Um, it's none of that stupid garbage in the way just to make it longer. It's just like next thing, next thing. What's the do? What do you do? What do you do? And I, and I love it and they tell it very well. So death come true. Go check it out. I thoroughly enjoyed the story. It's really trippy. (laughs) It, It is another kind of like 
rewind kind of game, which I guess we've seen kind of a lot of as of late where it's kind of like a groundhog day kind of situation. So like you'll come to certain points in the game where it'll stop or you die and then it kind of brings you back. But I don't want to say more than that because then it will just be completely spoiling the whole thing. Um, Because, yeah, like once you figure out what's going on, then it's just kind of like you're along for this ride now and see how it plays out. So, um, you know, me and FMV and interactive movies, death come true. Go do it. Go do it. I recommend it. It's been out a while, so it's not anything new. (laughs) Just being stubborn with these people for whatever reason. But I also tried Surgeon Simulator 2. That came out, I think, this week or last. I saw it on Xbox Game Pass. I was like, what the hell? I don't think I was in the right headspace for it, though. I I think I got through the tutorial. and It's too hard. (laughs) (laughs) The arms flailing around, and I know that's, like, the point, you know, the comedy of it, you know, because everything's so ridiculous in the situation. I mean, you're, like, removing lungs and just popping in a new one. You know, like, it's not serious, but it's too hard. <laughs> and I think I just can't do it. I want to be able to just pick a thing up and aim and get the right thing. I tried to saw off an arm for, like, five minutes. I, I, I mean, I put it down there, and I'm, like, I'm lined up on the, and I'm moving the mouse the way that I thought it told me, like, click and hold and do this. And nothing's happening. Blood's coming everywhere. I somehow busted his head open. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know how I did that. But apparently you could just take a nice little shot and then they stop bleeding. Ah. So it's if you can pick it up, pick up the damn shot. So, yeah. So his arm just stays in front of you the whole time. And the whole thing is just kind of like silly tomfoolery. And after I got through with the tutorial, I was like, I can't. This is just frustrating me. I can't pick up the thing that I'm seeing right there. And it's not fun anymore. (laughs) So I might have to revisit that. don't want to give it such a garbage review as a new game because I was in the wrong headspace and too frustrated to understand the game mechanics. <laughs> I mean, it happens. I might be a little slap happy at the end of my week, too. So if I sound like I'm laughing at stuff that doesn't make sense, I apologize. It's been one of those months. Mm. <laughs> it just started. You've been, you've been busy. Oh, dear God. But... Outside of that, I decided to just melt into some sins because I wanted something I didn't have to think about. Sometimes that helps. Yeah, I accidentally killed her. I had to start over. Oh. I was just trying to fix my computer. I got electrocuted. It's like, damn it. But we just got to four-star celebrity. So I've got to reload my game because I don't have kids in my game. I don't want them. (laughs) So if I die, I just got to start all over. So I was like, nope. (laughs) <laughs> I guess I just have to reload. But uh, yeah, that's been my week. That's been my week of gaming. I managed to get through that and I beat it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I did go back and get my last two achievements on Not For Broadcast. Ah, uh, see, so look at you. Achieving I thought it. I couldn't get it. Because like, I finally had to start looking it up. I'm like, as many hours as I put into this game. How am I not figuring out these last two achievements? Like, it was just driving me nuts. But I had seen an old achievement list about... Um, making your first through purchases through the store or whatever. And I remember very early on in the game, they did have, and I never really was sure where it fit. Mm-hmm. Cause I want to say it was back when it was still just the demo where you could purchase things for your office or for like your workstation. And I had seen on an achievement walkthrough list that there was two on there about like buying your first one or something like that. And I was like, Oh crap. I bet with the updates that store's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even an option. It's like, I wonder, since I've had it so long, if that's what it was. So I gave up for like a month or two. I just assumed, well, that's just life. 
you know, it's no longer in the game and I'll live, right? Well, then I finally found two after meticulously lighting them up with what I had. And so then I went back and got it. It actually wasn't too bad. The one's a little complicated, though. Like, it's, like, very early on if you choose, like, one thing wrong. And I was really upset at that because I had gotten pretty far again before I realized that. I was like, I have to basically start all over. Because it was, like, in one of the uh, reading dialogue scenes where you make choices. Yeah. And that was, like, first one you ever did. (sighs) But it's fine. I really love the game, so it wasn't that much of a chore. But, like, after you've played it as much as I have, there are certain scenes now where I'm like, I wish I could skip this one. It's just not as fun. Fair enough. Because mm. <laughs> I know it. But anyway, that's it. So I'm now 100% achievement on Not For Broadcast until the next one comes out, of course. Nice. When they finish the story, which I'm sure they'll add some more. Mm-hmm. So for someone like me who usually doesn't give a crap, that's an accomplishment. That is. You're always <laughs> saying, I don't care about all that. I don't usually. No, FMVs all make little exceptions here or there because it usually means I can see new videos mm-hmm. or something. But um, outside of that, yeah, I'm not going to go through it all. But what have you been playing? Oh, I know one big thing you've been playing. Well, that's what we're just going to talk about later because that's all I've been playing. So, Oh, okay. Well, then fair enough. Yeah, we'll just go ahead and jump in the news because <laughs> I've got a lot to say about that later. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And um, 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 we'll just leave you in suspense, siblings. If you don't already know, then shame on you because yeah, we right talked there, about it a lot. Right there on the it's icon. probably right there on the thumbnail. Yeah. yeah. We're probably standing around it doing something fun. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not. Or maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Even see siblings, I learn the same time you do. Mm-hmm. I get to be just as surprised at the amazing art. Uh, anywho, anywho. Uh, on to the news. We had a little bit going on this week. We had a little bit going on. I want to say the biggest one that stood out to me, and I'm sure all of us have been reading about this new law in China, mm. uh, banning uh, gamers under the age of 18 from playing on weekdays. And uh, limiting their play to just three hours most weekends, which is a significant uptick from what it already was existing since 2019. If you remember, we talked about that they had restricted it to only 90 minutes on weekdays and three hours on the weekends for kids under 18. Yeah. So starting last week, minors will only be allowed an hour of playtime between 8 and 9 p.m. on Friday. And uh, weekends and public holidays. So if there's a, you know, holiday for them that they they celebrate as a country, I guess you get another hour on that day, too. The way it reads that you could play video games if you're under 18. Um, I guess it was like a lot of them were saying was in complaints from the parents. So it's a much different culture feel and everything, of course, over there than what we have here. But many parents said that the teenager's addiction to online games seriously affected their studies and physical and mental health, leading to a series of social problems, making the parents suffer. Uh, so it's just, it's just, it's just a crazy restrictive thing that like I, I, us over here probably just can't really even wrap our brain around. Yeah. That it's just so hard to comprehend because a lot of this is, well, all of it really is going to have to fall on the gaming companies because it's mostly like being able to track them online, right? Right. They're going to have to, or probably already have since they've already had stipulations on how long they could play over there anyway, um, where when they're logging on to these online games, it is keeping track of how long and like, that's it. You get that hour and that's that. Um, 
one big takeaway that I've seen, like from some people, obviously, that are <laughs> expressing their unhappiness with this, you know, um, what does that mean for them in esports too? Oh yeah, because because uh, you know they're they're. I want to say, and now granted, I'd have to look up the stats, and I probably should have before we hear. But like collectively, they probably have more gamers than a lot of the other countries combined. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if you can't really train, yeah. Uh, so that that's kind of another question going on right now for some of the larger esports players and stuff over there that are under eighteen. Will will that continue to still be a future they can have until they're over eighteen? I guess you know. Uh, <clears throat> so it's something to, to keep an eye on here, but I mean, that's, that's their law now. And it's just, wow. I, I, I mean, I don't even know how to formulate words with it. It's just so crazy to think that that kind of overreaching arm into your personal life yeah, um, is completely okay. And like, I don't, I don't want to, s- hmm. I'm trying to figure out a, a good way to toe this line here. Yeah. I don't want to side with what they're doing. But in some regard, I kind of wish parents would be that more involved. Well, I think it should be the parent. It should. It really yeah. should be. And I wish yeah. they would be more involved in that way so the government wouldn't have to be. And I don't think the government should be. Because, again, like you said, it's a personal... I mean, Our that's rope. your personal life. Yeah. But I get the concern. Mm-hmm. But... Like I said, I don't. I don't want to sound like I'm in support of it, but I, there, some kids do need that that kind of control. They need to be told, "Hey, you need to get off your game," because some kids will spend, oh yeah, you know, all their time, energy, focused in on it, and it's not healthy. But it shouldn't be a government thing either. So it's. I don't want to sound like I'm supporting it. Damn it. I'll just let it go. <laughs> no, I, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where it just seems a lot. I don't know. What do you think siblings? Cause it's like, this is definitely something that I can't relate to not having been in an environment that was that restrictive on what I could do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it looks like the, the, the gaming companies now are just going to have to come up with more ways to restrict access. And also keep in mind, too, I'm pretty sure that they also had the laws where if you're gaming online, they want your real name so they can actually restrict, um, you know, the access for those who are under 18. So uh, that's just scary for me to think about having to. And I know that there's been debates about it over here, and I'm not trying to get into some political debate about whether we should use our real names or not. I just know... That there's a lot of situations where it's great um, for people's safety to be able to keep that anonym- anonymity. Well, you and Todd um, both can't say that word. That's an- I, it's like you try. I try to speak so fast, anonymity. and then it's, it's like banana. When do I stop saying ends? <laughs> but yeah, so that that that's that. There's really not much more to add on that. This new law took place last week, and. Um, I guess we'll just keep our eye out and see, I guess, for the, the eSports side of things, if there's going to be anything that can help out with that or if that's just how it is Yeah. now in their, in their life. But, hey, this was kind of upsetting. Mm-hmm. For, the, for the upgrade for Horizon Forbidden West, Ye- I'm sure you saw this. Well. This was just a bummer. But. But. They walked it back. Did they this morning? Because uh, I was looking I, this morning. I read about it last night. So 
Uh, oh, are they backtracking? They backtrack. Oh, well, then you do this because I was looking this morning well, you, and I didn't see it. You go ahead and tell me the story, and then I'll I'll update well, it. Well, they were basically coming out saying, you remember how we said you could have that upgrade path from the four to five? Well, J.K. Um, unless you want to buy one of our uh, collector's editions or special editions, which will be more expensive, of course, but it'll include your um, upgrade from the four to five. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the the last I was reading is that Sony just kind of walked it back saying we have no plans for this or in the future. Um, sounded like it was something to do with when they were telling you they were going to make games for both consoles, obviously for a while, because... Who knows when everyone can actually upgrade when they want to. Yeah. Um, that there would be both versions, but that it was supposed to have been built for five, but we'd have four versions and so on and so forth. Um, and then said, yeah, you'll have that path. But then now they were saying, no, unless you buy the big expensive collector's edition where you can get both included. Which is via- a low down thing to do. <sighs> It's just as expensive as this is getting now. It's like gaming has always been an expensive hobby. Yeah. But my God, it's getting ridiculous. And I mean, they said you could transfer your save data. So there's that. Well, to the headline that I read. Okay. uh, I think it was Jim Ryan, which I guess I should have jotted this down. Uh, They walked it back and said, you will not need to worry about purchasing the game twice if you want to upgrade it'll be free like it should have been so <laughs> if you I have can't one even keep up man as someone who's like looking into this stuff i can't even keep up well there you go yeah. i don't know no no Let's no just i see mean what happens when it comes out but, but it, if you get the upgrade tell me <laughs> but it was a headline i mean we we saw it and yeah. I'm, I'm actually trying to pull it up. If fucking things will get up. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> We're having one of those days. Huh? Yeah. Jim Ryan. Uh, uh, he, he posted something on the PlayStation blog. Said all versions of Horizon Forbidden West that will be purchased on PlayStation 4 will also contain the free upgrade path to the PlayStation 5. He said last year we made a commitment to deliver free upgrades to our cross-gen launch titles which included uh-huh. Forbidden West, while the pandemic, uh, pandemic's profound impact pushed forward Forbidden West or pushed it out of the launch window right. we initially envisioned. We stand by our offer. Players who purchased on PlayStation 4 will be able to upgrade to PlayStation 5 for free. So there you go. All right. Well, there we go. And that was so posted on. We all had a panic moment, and then they were like, okay, okay, JK again. But this can't is, trust you now, man. You're giving me trust issues. But this is this is the <laughs> walk back thing that we're seeing all the time now. You know, people get <gasps> pissed, and then and I'm not saying it's not for the for good. Yeah, sometimes, like, but you're starting to ask for hundred dollar experiences here, and uh, uh, more reasons to buy indie, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean. mean I guess maybe it goes hand in hand with that non-story mm. about why Sean Layden left. We could just talk. Yeah, about go ahead and that. drop Dude, that while we're talking so about funny. PlayStation. Because I was, uh, I'm reading through it, and we were like, "Ooh, maybe some dirt now." Because we all were like, "Hey, Sean Layden left." Everyone was just like, "Oh, he left." Uh, thank you for your time here, according to Sony, and that was that, right? Yeah. Everyone's like, "It had to be something." You know what, though? 
It really, there wasn't anything to this story. Yeah. <laughs> I read this whole damn thing and I looked at a couple of places uh, to, and be like, where's the dirt? And it was it, it pretty much like several articles to say, well, I just wanted to leave while I was at the top of my game at Sony. And it's like, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, everyone I think was trying to come up with uh, something thinking that him and Jim were just like button heads or having having issues with each other. And, and maybe that was the case. And and maybe and, he's and just, maybe they didn't get along, but and he could be just trying to be civil about it. Don't want to start anything. He could just be like, no, I don't want to. Exactly. Or it's some people just want to move on to a new chapter in their life. And that could <laughs> be know? it too. He was there for a super long time, you know, at Sony. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it looked like the speculation, you know, it kept floating around the gaming press was that Layton's exit was a result of a struggle between him and Jim and, um, he, you know, cause they oversaw the PS5 last year and it's like, and I don't think that was the case at all. I don't know. He's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, he's moved on to another job. He's at Streamline Media Group now, which is a game services company where, Apparently, he advises the company on its global strategies for video games and enterprises. So, still in the industry. Mm-hmm. Just a different phase of it. I think that um, a lot of the reason there was that speculation was because it was just, like, so abrupt. And there wasn't even a, 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 a statement. Because normally, when someone leaves, <clears throat> you have that statement where it's like, hey. Like, best wishes. Yeah. Thank you for my time here. I enjoyed uh, my yeah. time. Blah, blah, blah. And he did not into a better person. He did none of that. He was just like, I'm out. See you. And he's like, all right, well, what the hell? So I get where it's like, you're not allowed to just quit like a normal person and move on with your life. We need answers. It's like, we've been here all this time. Although, I mean, there was one interesting thing in there, which I thought would be a good conversation, um, was what him just kind of noting how game development costs have become so outrageous and ridiculous these days that it's going to burst at some point Mm -hmm. if it doesn't here very soon. Because um, uh, the most interesting part of that article to me was that um, how he talked about the recent budgets for some of the PlayStation 4 titles he was involved in was like $100 million. Yeah, Jesus Christ. And it's like, if you can't stop that, like that, that puts you in a place where... You're going to be spending, what, probably $200 million more uh, when we're coming into PS5 and things like that. And so prices will just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I, 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 I just I don't know. What do you think would be kind of the limit? Because we've all kind of said it's gotten too expensive. We keep buying it regardless. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like we're hitting my limit anyway with AAA experiences. Yeah. Like you, I was already struggling in my head to fork out $50 when it hit that mark. I was making big struggles because I was like, and granted, honestly, I guess with inflation, it might be about the same as it's always been. I mean, because paying even 130 bucks for the Nintendo console when it was brand new yeah, could be about two, $300 like we're paying for the Switch and stuff now. So it's just there is hmm. it's a, like you you keep saying it's an expensive hobby um but i think when it comes time to really explore whether or not it's worth it <clears throat> we need to ask ourselves who's making these decisions to make them this expensive do we need some of this stuff. Do we need these hundred million dollar experience games 
which contain a lot of filler and fodder because they seem to... I think we're just paying for the paint a lot of the times. And I'm not discounting all of the hard work that developers put into creating these, writing these stories and all this kind of stuff. But it just feels like maybe we've gotten so intrigued that all of our games need to look this amazing, blown away, super sharp, crisp, clean, you know, that... Have we hindered ourselves from getting equally as good experiences without having to pump all that money into it? Because, like, I know back in the day where they barely put a face on a person, like, it didn't seem to bother me in the moment. I was having just as good a time. And I'm not saying they don't look great and it's not fun to see and all that kind of stuff. But I still don't feel like that's my necessity in a game. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll admit, you know, because I've mentioned here several times that, if I'm looking at um, an open world title, one of the main draws for me, not just to explore, but if you make the world gorgeous, mm-hmm. I can stop and just look at it and appreciate it. But is it worth $100 to do so? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Because I don't know. We're just going to see. But I mean, I do. Uh, we all kind of expected it to get more expensive when the next gen came. We've kept seeing it flirting with that line going up and up and up anyway. Um, and now with them trying to sell you the the extra additions to get both. I tried. At least we could say that attempt was there. Yeah. Um, and I could guarantee you people would have. Because they're only going to push out what they know people will buy. Yeah. And I honestly feel like they're already... We've been going down this road for a while already where we have not just multiple editions, but then you have the uh, bonus content, so they'll hold back something, so you're going to have to pay for the extra stuff that should have already been in the game Mm -hmm. and all this other nonsense that they try to pull so they can still offer you what looks to be the full game, but you're not getting the full game because they held back. Right. Yeah, because if you think about it, like, well, I, I would say Mortal Kombat's a really great example of that, right? Yeah. Like, they have your base game price. Oh, but do you want extra players? Oh, or fighters, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so people know that they're not players. I, I'm sorry. They're fighters. They're fighters. They're fighters. <laughs> um, but yeah, or DLC or anything like that. So it's like they kind of sell you the game and then piece the rest of it out to you individually. And we've accepted it now as like a common practice. But I'll tell you what, and I won't be falling for that shit again. Yeah, because that was, I, I yeah, I remember I, you going through that. Mm-mm. No, because look, if I'm if I paid the money I paid up front, then I should have gotten the game. At the exact same price, everybody else is getting that shit too. Right. But no, everybody, like, if you waited all the way to the end to where it was the ultimate edition of Mortal Kombat, 60 bucks. I paid double, if not more. Yeah. To get the same thing. And it's like, why did I get screwed? And someone will say, but you just, you helped support all that. And then that's why the rest of us, fuck you. I should get the same (laughs) experience. You know? Yeah, no, I totally understand. I understand. I don't know. Well, I, uh, let's ask the siblings if you dare. What What do you think's finally going to be your burnout with AAA? Like, where? What is going to be that price tag? That's a price too many. Because, like, I I think we're already kind of there for me. Like, I have to be super 
insanely excited to buy AAA day one these days. Yeah, there's... um... I got and it's simply the price most of the time. Like you're asking a lot for and 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 sure I get some of them are 80 100 hour experiences or whatever are completely justifiable when you've broken it down per hour spent enjoying a thing. Yeah. But my god, it's still a lot. That could be your phone bill, man. That could be your groceries that week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's that's And it's a lot of money. And you're not guaranteed that it's going to be good. Or work, you know, or work, <laughs> or work. Think about, think about cyberpunk. All these people who were so excited about all that, and then it just. And I'm one of those idiots that, as I sit here talking about how I hesitate, I bought it day one. I did because you thought it would be good. Because and honestly, I. But again, I had a much different experience than other people do. That's true. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm just. I'm a, I'm a different sort. <laughs> Like it takes a lot to severely piss me off about a game I was presented, but uh, but all of the points were valid. Yeah. The points are valid. It's just I don't let it take up more space in my head. Right, know? right. Just, <clears throat> but anywho, that's that's about that. Anywhere, at least the only part out of the Sean Layden <laughs> thing that I found interesting was I was like, you know what? Getting to the point of two hundred million dollar releases, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, people will keep buying it, so it'll just keep going the way it is until. Why do you think we still have scalpers? Mm -hmm. Anywho. Anyway. uh, The only other real big story that I saw kind of in the gaming space this week was some big shakeups over at the Twitch headquarters Mm -hmm. with some streamers. I feel like now we kind of have to talk about it because like, all right, I never watch these streamers, but I completely am unaware. I am aware of the audience they drew in and and, and respect the work that they put in in the space. Okay. I just never really watch like Fortnite or first person shooter streamers or whatever. So it's the only reason, you know, Mm -hmm. but uh, Dr. Lupo and Tim, the tat man uh, moved over to YouTube uh, streaming exclusively now for their stream gaming content. Mm -hmm. However, these contracts work these days anymore. I'm not really sure. It seems like everyone kind of gets their own kind of thing. Um, both were very transparent with their moves, citing reasons within the contracts, just giving them more time to be, um, with their family or pursue other heights in the entertainment, if that's what they want to pursue or just be with family and friends. Um, Lupo went so far as to say he's now set for life. So I guess the contract was probably pretty darn good. Um, uh, both of their departures also just so happened to coincide with, uh, a day off Twitch, which which was like kind of the bigger news this whole week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, honestly, <laughs> this might be one of the ways you start to get kind of twitched to pay attention. I'm curious, though, if there was a counter offer made and if they just couldn't beat it. I mean, if these are some of the biggest they've had and they didn't want to fork out the money to keep them. It just, it's kind of makes you wonder. I don't know. I've not been involved in the space for a year now Mm -hmm. this month, actually. I want to say September last year is when I, when I stepped away. And um, so I'm not as involved in understanding. I, I still see the tweets. I still read the news and all this kind of stuff, but um they're pretty big gets. Yeah. Like, I want to say they were 50, 60 concurrent on a good day or whatever, you know, like, and, and my numbers might be wrong again. I didn't watch them. But again, very aware that they drew in huge crowds. Uh, family friendly 
to my understanding, I know Lupo does so much charity work. It's ridiculous. The millions of dollars he's raised for charity. Um, it, it just kind of, I don't know. It just kind of made me stop and wonder like where it was going. Um, because you would think that you would want to keep those guys. You think? I, I, I don't know. I'm going to kind of keep my eye on it because it is kind of fascinating because I've been watching other people that, that, that do like little news and stuff like this for the streaming space or whatever. Um, and, uh, just kind of seeing how the pattern it all started, you know, like everyone was all mixed up when Ninja and Shroud went to Mixer, you know, and like it was kind of the start of the war. And I want to say that's when like Courage, I'm probably saying his moniker wrong, but he was a Twitch streamer that also went to YouTube, I think, at the, that time, though. Yeah. So what, a year ago, two years ago, however long it's been now. Um, but now with YouTube kind of going, but wait, there's more. we still want to do this thing. And with everybody kind of already using YouTube to expand their brand and try to drive traffic to Twitch, because Twitch's discoverability has been kind of an issue if you were not bringing in thousands of viewers already. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I find this part of it fascinating. I actually, if you like stats and stuff like that, I recommend going watching Devin Nash. He's poked his head back out and started doing YouTube videos again because he quit streaming on Twitch for all of these reasons and just decided that I'm not going to until they kind of shape up some things. Uh, but he had a couple of really fascinating videos. Again, if you want to just see like the business side of this stuff that I found very intriguing where he was talking about the moves to YouTube and why you might see streamers doing this more and why we're probably not done seeing it. Yeah. Apparently there might be some other bigger ones contracts up soon and we'll see what's going on. But many a speculation, of course. But I think he made a good point that like, Maybe they just don't have the budget anymore to compete with the other contracts. Yeah. And, but again, it's speculation. I don't know. Well, what I, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's funny, too, because we, we sit here half the time and talk about how do we hurt these companies. You take away their money. You hurt them yeah. in the pocketbook. And somehow these streamers have done just that. Like, they found a way to do that very thing. Why can't gamers learn to do that? You know? Oh, like with going to a different platform or something? Or... Just, I mean, because, you know... Oh, you're... Oh, I see. Like, Like, why would we protest the same way? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I've often wondered that, too. (laughs) We like to complain about the prices and scalpers, but they exist and stuff because we keep doing it. Yeah. doing it yeah i don't know it just seems like uh and again this would be speculation i'm sure they probably went to twitch and was like hey this is what i'm getting offered and and it had a lot to do with hours it seems like too so it seems like every individual who's partnered in whatever level you finally get to contracts might be a little bit more catered toward you it's not like some blanket partner contract to my understanding that goes out to everyone who's partnered Um, so that there's like certain amount of streamer hours that you're supposed to fulfill within your contracts. So it's a job. Yeah. So it made it sound like YouTube was more flexible on the amount of live hours you need to be on. Um, So if you're looking at that, getting a nice payday, freeing up more time for you to spend with family, friends, maybe venture into other types of content you wanted to try. I can see how that would be very attractive. Mm. It's... And you've already built up millions of people following you, so. 
I don't know. We'll keep an eye on that. But from what I've, to my understanding, if you're looking at stats, those larger ones that have moved over have done better. Like they've done the same on Twitch, if not better. So Mm. like, I I think people are starting to really, really look at YouTube. Um, I don't personally catch live streams on there and I have no other reason that I've just not really ventured into that side of YouTube. I'm, I guess... An old lady. I know it for videos, and I go look for videos. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think about going to the live stream side of it for no other reason than it's just not in my head. And look, don't don't misunderstand these moves. Uh, YouTube and Google—they're still kind of garbage companies as well. So sure, just because they're making sure. great deals doesn't mean they've gotten better. They're still we'll garbage. See. If they're taking better care of their their content creators and everything, that's at least one step in their direction. Mm. But I did start to hint on this too, which with it co- coinciding with that that day off Twitch, um, which I guess this one I was more interested. I wanted to see what the stats would have been like, but since those two kind of left at the same time, it might make. The last I was reading this morning was like it was making a little hard to see what impact was on what just because we already knew like how many went to a specific place already. Um, But it still looked like it made a pretty fairly sizable dip in their viewership on that one day. Uh, Whatever side, you know, you land on whether that that was a good way to protest or a different way to protest on how it worked. Um, But um, for a great cause, regardless, something that needed to be that Twitch is needing to address or at least make some sort of statement. I think they finally did. But um, gearing towards the hate raids that a lot of marginalized streamers have been experiencing and and, in like ridiculous batches. Yeah. Like I'm not even on Twitch and I just see all the tweets from all of my favorite creators that are going through this. And it's just it's. I don't know why if you're a human out there that spends your day doing these hate raids or figuring out how to create all of these accounts and follow and do all this, like my God, get a hobby. Cause like this cannot be what you feel like is fulfilling in your day is to sit down here and harass and uh, go after just it, humans in general. I just stop it. If you're that human, it's you're not accomplishing anything, but well, Twitch may not have made a response, but Streamlabs has implemented some tools. If you're a streamer, mm-hmm. that could help safeguard you against these hate raids. Um, so they have put in a safe mode, which is a toggle that you could do in Streamlabs dashboard that lets users clear all recent events from their chat and uh, even their recently followed, recent host raid disable follow alerts just a little bit more quickly at the at the snap of a button so it's still unfortunate that you would have to like take your time out to go over all of that and probably stop your stream to be clearing chat or doing whatever um but they did give you the ability to give your mods permission to do the same thing so um get with your mods and all this kind of stuff and 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 discuss how you'd like all of this kind of stuff handled obviously and for those that you trust with those tools so that you can keep on being your wonderful, entertaining self and then um, buy your mods pizza for keeping everything safe and sound in, in your chat. Um, so uh, something does need to be done. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And um, maybe another point in YouTube's favor. I don't think you can actually raid into other people. I honestly don't. So, I mean... You would know better Whether you than felt I. that was actual tool for growth or not, that was debatable as well. Um, but there you go. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But I think that's interesting. The group's kind of back together again. 
think about it. Because, like, I think Doc, D- Dr. Disrespect, Lupo, and Tim Tatman, I think they played all the time together. Mm-hmm. And then Twitch also had some stupid role where they weren't even, like, letting him them play with Doc because of his band. Yeah. Which is still just marketing, I think, at this point. Because, like, yeah, 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 okay, he's suing Twitch. None of us know why or anything like that. And I just feel like it's another PR stunt. I don't think we'll ever find out, but whatever. Good luck on you. I just feel like we're never going to find out what it was. Yeah. Dude gets on my nerves. I don't know why. He's really good at marketing and PR, though, man. You got to give him that. Whether we enjoy it or not, he is good at it. He's really freaking good at captivating that attention. So whether you've used it for good or evil, that's your debate. really good at it i'm just gonna blow through a couple of quickets here because i know we've got a really 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 cool headliner that we have got to get to and i want to make sure we're not here for forty thousand hours but uh september 9th mm-hmm. next playstation event should be coming out uh, might be just an update video we don't know but it is titled showcase so maybe we can see uh, if there's anything fun of note that will be coming out there. Maybe maybe Sean Layden's coming back. And we, yeah, right. <laughs> we can talk about it then. Uh, but they did say in a blog post to thank you for being patient and look forward to showing us what they've been working on, which I think is just a general statement, but I'm trying to make news out of it. So anyway. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I really don't know what they have to show outside of maybe God of War, because I know that's... Maybe? Something on everybody's radar. Uh, more Elden Ring screenshots. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But uh, we'll we'll check it out, or I'll I'll flip through it and see see what's going on. Because odds are I'll probably be working when it's on because everything's during the day. Um, let's see. Dead Space got a little bit of a reveal. If you all are out there that are excited for this remake, reimagining whatever we're calling it, I'm not really Just, sure I understand anymore what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but if it excites you, go check it out. They did, uh, they did bring the OG voice actor back. Now I know he didn't talk a lot, but like, I think in like two, he had like a couple of like one off throwaway lines or something, you know? So they, they brought him back to keep you all in the nice comfy feels of what you know. Um, yeah, from two and three, it says right here. I wrote it down cause I wasn't sure. I played the first one and noped out. It was too much for Lace. Well, I, I never played them at all. So, you know, you've got me beat. It was too scary. Too scary. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, um, so if you do enjoy getting scared and want the remake, there you go. There's a little bit, not a lot, but there was a little bit There's more. Something for you. For you. <clears throat> I'm excited for this one. Lost Judgment. Mm-hmm. That spinoff from Judgment or whatever. The Yakuza-esque game. Anyway, release date September 21st. All right. I really liked the first one and all of its tomfoolery. You did tell me about it's it and I needed to check it out. So fun. So I'm like, it's another, it's a long one. Yeah. You're in, you're in for a long time. I know I didn't 100% that one. It, it, it started to get ridiculous after about 50 hours. I'm like, I'm gonna finish the story now. I think I've, I think I'm having, I, I won't be sad about that. But yeah, September 21st. If you haven't played the first one, go check it out. It was so much fun. I do need to play it. It's so much fun. Uh, Alan Wake rumors. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. So apparently it might just be a remake. According to some rumors I was reading this morning. Um, the, the, the rumors I think that were floating around was that there was going to be a sequel to a- a- Alan Wake coming out, being in the works, whatever rumor mill we were trying to float up about this because Remedy Entertainment's like been working on stuff in the Alan Wake universe, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so Wario64, who's someone that I follow on Twitter because he does like a lot of uh, last minute like gaming deals and stuff. Yeah. So I maybe I, my secret there. It's not a secret. People know him. But anyway, <laughs> he put out one saying that he noticed on uh, Rakuten Taiwan, which is a retailer on their website, a little leak with a release date of October 5th. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. and it said it would arrive on PS4, 5, and Xbox. Okay. Which I didn't see PC. Are we doing this again, Remini? I'm story time. I really badly wanted to play Alan Wake when it first came out. I used to be very much in love with Matthew Prada. I still am, but I was a little bit more obsessed. Okay, so I knew he was in this game or as the voice of this game. I'd been following it, following it, following it, following it through its turbulent times of trying to get developed and out the door. And then they took away the PC and went to Xbox only. So then I couldn't play it for God knows how long until it finally went back to PC. Don't do this again, Remedy. All of us. All of us. All of us. <laughs> I want it across the board. And don't do it an Epic exclusive. It'll probably be an Epic exclusive. Anyway. Anyway. In the same tweet, though, by Wario came a response from Daniel Abed, who's a senior analyst at Nico Partners, um, who said, will be announced next week. So I guess this week... We shall know if it's a remake or a sequel or a whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know, remake would be kind of weird. I feel like a play is fine. But what do I know anymore? Well, I mean, in today's way of doing today's games, standards, I you guess. may need to I mean, just mechanics. reset it and start from scratch. But it took so long to make. Uh, That's what I find funny. That would, Well, y'all can go back and read on that one if you want, because um, that was a turbulent time from what I could understand. Getting that game made like, ended up taking like six or seven years or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, but this one, EVGA finally did give us a little bit of info on, remember how I said Amazon's MMO was bricking GE Force uh, 3090 RTX cards? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they got some of them back, did a little analysis on what the hell freaking happened here. Cause this is not the cheap version of these cards, but, uh, that why the heck it failed playing new world, which is Amazon's new MMO. Um, it ended up being a rare soldering issue that limited apparently a small batch of cards. So they said EVGA, I guess was the most at risk or that had this happen to them the most. Uh, but they, they received about two dozen of them back um, and believed it, that, that it overheated. And because of that rare soldering issue, it kind of bricked the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it was poor workmanship. They admit on the soldering around the cards, uh, MOSFET circuit, whatever, right around that area. Anyway, um, they, they've replaced those cards. So it sounds like they've made good on the ones they got back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it only affected, I guess, less than 1% of the total batch that was defective. So it just seemed like a really weird... The mistakes happen. Yeah. It's just... That's a obviously a rough way to learn. Um, but also, no customers have added any more issues since Amazon actually added frame rate limiters to the MMO game. So maybe it was just this combined chaos and it just blew up that card. Like, we didn't solder it right you totally wanted way more out of the card than it should, and it exploded. <laughs> so looks like they came together and figured it out. And then lastly, I said, just following up, because I know I said last week that I dig more into that update about Wilmer Hale possibly not being involved with Amazon as far as, like, going into Union Bust. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. 
I sorry siblings I'm an idiot I don't know how to google or I don't all I could find was that correction in the Kotaku article but I did find a wiki mm-hmm. on Jamie Gorelick who is the lawyer and partner with Wilmer Hale um, has been since 2003 and served on the board of directors of Amazon since February 2012 so that is probably the link there. I still think they're involved in union busting though, because apparently they've got like stuff on their site. That's like, you know, not worded in that way, but is worded in that way. Yeah. It's like, we can go in and have the talk and we'll help fix it up. You know, all professional, like in other words, they're like, we'll go in and sniff out who's talking about it. And we'll get this calmed down. But, uh, so yeah, that's my update. Um, all I could find was that tiny correction and everything else still seemed to state how they were successful at Amazon at a warehouse in Alabama for breaking up that you get thing. So I'm going to just at this point still think that's what they were hired for. I mean, it's if I'm wrong, then I'm sorry. But like if I'm not finding anything since July or August uh, with that one correction, I, I don't know. Either that or the lie has just spread too far mm-hmm. and it's been pushed regardless yeah i i'm i'm still i don't want to slander anyone but right like i want to be correct but i can't well when the when the facts are kind of like laid out in a in a way that it just looks bad it's hard not to just be like huh Hmm." yeah Um, i think it's i think that's what they were hired for that's all. I'll just leave it at that. And probably made it easier because Jamie was already on the board of directors. What? Like, hey, guess what? I know a law firm that could help us. You. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. <laughs> okay, I do have to mention this one bit of weird news, and then we're moving on because I just thought it was hilarious, and we'll see if you all think it's as funny as I did. So there was a mod on Nexus called No Skyra Mod. Okay. Just as it implies, this mod makes it so that you can put it in your game. So when you load up Skyrim, it simply just won't. (laughs) (laughs) So you'll be able to boot the game, select new game from the main menu, and then it just crashes the title and prevents you from playing Skyrim. So if you're one of those people that I guess had an addiction to it and needed a reason to stop, you can put in the no Skyrim mod. Um, While it was a joke, it did get a little bit of attention, though, because Nexus banned it. Because mm-hmm. maybe the joke was lost, and I could understand that. It, you know, although if you download something that said no Skyrim, I don't know. I should have looked at the description, but it's just hilarious all around that this is even a thing. But of course, why was I laughing? Because if you go to the good old Reddit, you know, um, <laughs> they they made a thread save no Skyrim because it made the crashing of the game more efficient. Oh well, how about that? I mean, it is Bethesda. It was already going to crash. But now <laughs> it's just cutting to the chase. Sure. And, and saving you all of that trouble from crashing in the game. We're just going to take it away from you at the start. How's that? I mean, it's the least I could do. Yeah. So I just thought that was fun. So if you want to go save No Skyrim and make your game crash more efficiently, there you go. Wonderful. Well, <laughs> I'm glad someone did that for everybody <laughs> i love modders it's just like it doesn't have to make sense it's just because they can sure <laughs> and that's what i love about it it's like do you need this no but do i need this yeah yeah, yeah why not <laughs> did i need you know resident evil 2's monster to chase me in a thong 
yeah, kind of. I did. Yeah. What's what's the harm in that? (laughs) Why not? It's just fine. Anywho, that's the only things that caught my eye that I felt compelled to chat about this week. Unless you uh, had something I missed. No, I think uh, everything that I saw, you saw. I don't think there was a, a special news story that you didn't cover. I think we're good. Cool. Well, then I think we're going to learn about a fun new game. Oh, boy, are we. Mm-hmm. Mm. Story time. Yep. Because we're talking about a series that's uh, near and dear to my heart for whatever reason. We're talking about No More Heroes, baby. That's mm-hmm. what we're talking about. And I have been waiting so long for the third entry to this game. And I'm so disappointed in myself for even holding back on the spinoff because I should have known better. I should have known better. Did you miss out on a good time? Well, I didn't because I eventually got it. <laughs> but the fact that I waited so long, like why, why did I even doubt that Suda would have let me down? You know, that's... What I'm trying to say. But don't just think that I'm just going to sit here and and polish his knob or something like that. It's nothing (laughs) like that. I can be critical, too. And you're totally, you're right, too. Yeah, and I've been critical in the past. You've heard me talk Mm -hmm. about one and two, and I'm probably going to cover those points as I'm getting into my review now. But let's talk about No More Heroes 3. Let's do it. All right, so it's been 11 years since I first played... No More Heroes 2, Desperate Struggle on the Wii. And I was blown away by it just the same as I was the first game. Now, this is one of the few games that I ever bought at launch. And we were just talking about that earlier. Do we do that? But I bought this at launch because I was a huge fan of the first game. And I could not wait to get my hands on this. Because I remember reading an article about the development of the first game prior to its release. And I thought to myself, I have to play this game. Everything about it sounds bonkers, and I want in. And I don't think I was very aware of who Suda51 was at the time, but I know that I had played Killer7, which was one of his earlier entries at that time. Okay. So that was kind of a nice, you know, it was like, oh yeah, I played that game. And that was, that was a very maligned game. No one liked it. But I found it like in a bargain bin, 10 bucks, right. and I was like, shit, I'll... Yeah, hell yeah, I'll buy that. Why not? For a game? New game? Hell yeah. So, I I was like, I see where people may, may not be into this, but I'm into it. I don't know why, but I'm drawn to it. There was just something about it, the art style, the story. It just, I was like, this is interesting. Why wouldn't you like this? I get that the gameplay is not, probably not what you want, but I'm, I'm loving this. Mm-hmm. So... I was probably one of the rare few people who actually enjoyed Killer7, and I really wish that there was a a new release for it or something to that nature. I know it's on Steam, I think. You could probably find it on Steam. Killer7? Yeah. But beyond that, I don't know where else you'd find it. Now, while I can say confidently <laughs> that I do not relate to Travis in any meaningful way. Uh, I do enjoy the insanity the game's brought to the table. You know, it stood wholly unique to anything that I'd played up to that point, and it was exclusive to the Wii. 
So it was just like, mm-hmm. how the, this game is, this is a Wii game? This is a Nintendo game? What? Right? This is insane. You know? Uh, and you can imagine how disappointed I was as the years passed, uh, after these two games came out, that there was no sequel in sight. Because everything had been set up to have a sequel. And you were just like, where's the sequel? Where's the sequel? Then suddenly, we're at PAX. What do we see? Travis Strikes Again coming up out of nowhere. Yep. And I'm like, oh, wait, what is this? And it caught me off guard because it wasn't what we thought. It was kind of a spinoff title. Mm-hmm. But it, it was important. I didn't realize it at the time, but it's just as important. So it gave me hope that there would be a No More Heroes 3. Almost like putting the character back out there, seeing what would happen, seeing if interest was still there. And then eventually, Suda51 did deliver on his promise. But the question is, was this worth the wait? That's what we're going to be exploring here today. All right. Now, to really answer that question, we have to compare what the first two games did right and what they did wrong. Over the past few weeks, I've done a hardcore replay of the entire series, kind of preparing me for this. Uh, In that time, I've not only rekindled my love for the series, but I've also discovered certain elements that I may have been forgiving about upon my initial release. And now I'm just like, God, this this could be so much better. This could be so much better. And I'm almost convinced he does certain things on purpose. But we'll get into that. Okay? Okay. Yeah. Now, No More Heroes, the combat was solid, and you're presented with a fairly decent challenge. You have training sessions at the gym. They were simplistic. They were just button mashers. Uh, you get side jobs that were fun for what they were, where you're mowing a lawn, collecting scorpions, yeah. uh, whatever. It was just... Coconuts. Coconuts. It's simple, basic, fun. It, you know, nothing... Mm-hmm too outlandish but just you know some way to earn a little extra cash now where i would always find myself leaning to earn the extra cash were the assassination missions because i like the action not to say that the side jobs weren't a nice attraction here and there but if you can get one of the later assassination missions there was like one you got three minutes and they just like there's going to be a non-stop swath of enemies coming at you have at it and then I would usually have about 100 killed before the time ran out, and it would usually net me maybe like 15 or 150,000. That's what it was. 150,000 in coins, so I was just like, I'm taking that, you know? Sure. Why not? Yeah. But in that game, you would earn the money. That would is what you use to kind of uh, progress. You have to pay a fee, which always kind of felt like a frustration, but... Anyway. Oh, I mean, it's like class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But you could also use that to purchase new outfits, create your own style. It uh, wasn't a requirement per se, but, you know, if you wanted to mix things up a, a bit, new belt, new gloves, new pants, new like sunglasses. Like you know, Yeah, you can do whatever. Yeah. And I always like doing that, so each time I'd go into a new fight, I had a new look. I just thought mm-hmm. it was kind of fun. And that's where I would spend a lot of my money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'd have to be spent. Going and fighting. I was like, damn it, I gotta get this new outfit. I got, I mean, I just, can't show up to this fight wearing these same shoes. No. I mean, this jacket was so last fight. I just can't. It really do was. It. it was only like four days ago. Mm-hmm. And it was, like I said, just a fun little addition that may or may not appeal to you. It's not a necessity. It does not benefit you in any way. It's just, sure. if you want it. It's just a role playing element if you want to dive into it. Sure. sure. Go for it. 
Uh, same with finding t-shirts in dumpsters. You know, you could run around, you see a dumpster, you kick it open, you could find money, you may find a new t-shirt. It's not a necessity, but it required you to explore Santa Destroy, and in that game, it really wasn't my favorite thing. It was novel at the time, but there was no substance to the city, mm -hmm. so it almost felt like a chore, and okay. it wasn't until yeah. a little later on in the game that you get an upgrade to where you can actually hightail it, like run super fast, that it didn't feel as much of a chore, but it still did, because you're, you're hunting down things, and luckily, a lot of that stuff that you may be collecting, like there are these uh, little... They gave them a, a silly name, but they're essentially Dragon Balls. I don't care what anyone says. It's what it is. <laughs> you collect these, and you can get a, a couple of extra special moves from a guy. And okay. luckily, they're marked on your map. You can spot them, you can see them, and you can go right to them. I appreciate that, because I don't want to be spinning like, I don't know where anything's at. That's annoying right. to me. But anyway, that along with uh, endless recaps of the same information. So you go into a new job or you go into a new thing and it's like, hey, this thing that you did just a second ago, we're going to recap it again. It's like, please stop. Yes. Just please stop. Give me the option to skip. Yes. The show. So that kind of drove me crazy. Replaying yeah. the game. I was like, Jesus Christ, just get on with it. Get on with it. And I don't remember being that frustrated with it when I first played it. But I, I am now. Well, tech these days have made us feel everything needs to be instantaneous. We didn't have that thing in our head as a kid because everything took forever. We just knew it was gonna. And I'm gonna touch on that again later. <laughs> so point point for later. Yeah. Hang on to that. Now, right. in No More Heroes 2, they fixed some problems that I had with the first game, but repeated a few others that I did and even created a few new ones. So the streamlined travel system was a welcome addition. So you no longer needed to drive around Santa Destroy. You just picked your location. Okay. You go, boom, done. I appreciate it. However, for whatever reason that they decided it was necessary to walk to the counter from the door, even though in the last game, as soon as you hit the door, you're right there at the desk. I don't. I don't need to walk to. I don't know why games do yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't need to do that. If it's going to be for two seconds to open a door to the next cutscene, just go to yeah, just, go just, on with it. Because <laughs> it's all you're doing. You're going straight to the desk. You're adding all this... Immersion! You're adding all this extra stuff for no reason. You could just... I, I choose it. I'm at the desk. Uh -huh. We're talking. I can get my business done, and we go. I don't know why they did that, and it just... It was one of those, like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> why? You've, why? You're streamlining... One of the more important aspects... I've walked all over. I could make it this far. Just move... Yeah, just please. Please. It's fine. It just... It seems especially Bloody. unnecessary with it not being present in the first game. So it's like mm -hmm. you took away this thing. It's like, no, nah, but now we're going to make you walk to the desk. Because that you're not walking <laughs> the city. least you could do is walk there. Uh, all side jobs and training missions in this particular game have been transformed into those 8-bit mini games which we talked about before i love them i mm -hmm. i think this is the more appropriate way to do it i don't know why because it's a it's still doing side jobs but you found a new way to mix it up and make it even more fun and okay. even playing them now i still it, i always found myself still drawn to the same ones like i love the the bug zapping or bug 
killer, Bug Out. Then there was Lay the Pipe. Oh, yeah. And then Man the Meat. I mean, they, they I, those are my favorite ones. They may not have been the most uh, profitable ones, but they were just the ones I, were having, I was having more fun with. They were fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I absolutely loved that. One thing I hated is the strength training minigame in this game. This is what, if, if you've never played a very difficult, hard NES game, this is very reminiscent of that, where it does things and you're sitting there and you're throwing and you're like, I, I can't do it. I like did it's that. testing every limit you have to the point that you just want to break the controls. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Because in I, I think I've mentioned it before, but it was just, I'm going to bring it up now. The trainer throws barbells at you, or dumbbell. He goes okay. top, he goes low, and then you have to dodge, you have to punch, and all this other stuff. By the time you get to the later missions, it's like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, dodge, 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 dodge. And you're just like, I'm hitting buttons. I, uh, and it's just too oh, much. No. And you can only get hit so many times. And you're just throwing your burst. And you have to have skills like unlike get it would, would, would a spoon help no it's just Damn it. uh, that was my only suggestion i i know i did this you know when i first played it like uh-huh. somewhere in that that younger body of mine i was able to pull it off i know or i did yeah but now i just i got to maybe like the third to last and i was like fuck this i'm not i can't do this i was like <laughs> i'll just not fun anymore if if i've if i'm having trouble with the enemy i'll just deal with it but i just cannot do this oh god then that makes me really scared for if i ever attempt that if you give up <laughs> yeah it was just like i don't i don't have the patience for the frustration of that level anymore i was just like yeah. screw it screw it i don't care i don't really care i'll just i'll deal with it i'll make the most of it somehow and I did just fine without that extra strength, so I was still able to kick ass. Now, as we were mentioning in the last game, money was kind of important because it helped you progress and you had to pay to move along. In part two, money is even more optional. You no longer need to pay a fee to proceed in the rankings. If you want to move on, you just move on. And they're just like, hey, the next fight's ready. Okay, I'm going. So money is essentially for new outfits or your strength training or, or maybe upgrades for your beam katana. That's it. You can breeze okay. right through at any point in time. You want to go new game plus, knock it out. Go on ahead. And I think right. I, I kind of like that, even though some people would say, well, dude, where, where's all the substance? Where, 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 all this. You can play it however you want, dude. Whatever you want to do. Pretend. Yeah, pretend. Pretend. But I would also recommend that you upgrade your beam katanas because this was also a nice returning feature to this is in the first game you were able to buy new beam katanas from Dr. Dr. Naomi I think I think I said her name right she was like your beam katana guru she would fix you new stuff and and make you new ones and in the first game it was uh, here's a stronger one and then here's a weirder one that's got like four beams and then here's another one that's more like a katana and they all kind of fought about the same. and One was stronger than the other as you kind of progressed. However, here, the new beam katanas you get change the way you fight. So 
The first one's your basic. Then you have one that's uh, very reminiscent of the beam katana you had at the end of the first game, which is more katana-esque. Then you have a... It's It looks small at first, but the more you use it, it gets longer. And it has such a long reach that it's like outlandishly long. But it's heavy. A grower. Yeah. <laughs> and it just... It's it's a heavy uh, uh, beam katana, so your your moves are slow, and okay. you know, but they're powerful. So you can really screw some people up, especially at a distance. You just have to be with the flow of the movement. So you've got to know how to swing, how to move, to keep it so going. So it's like a puzzle, right? But it's yeah. and and it may not be something for everybody because it is a slow moving beam katana, and your your combat does kind of slow to a crawl but like i said powerful swings so if you get some big beefy dude who's who's kind of giving you trouble swap over and boom you're gonna knock him out pretty quick then you have a weaker yet lightning fast dual blade which you can just tear into people nice little dps yeah you can just go to town on so you can change, unlike the first game where you had to kind of open your, your cabinets and, and swap out your beam katana. Here, you have them with you at all times, so you can change them all out on the fly. So if you Very need nice. to change tactics, boom, you've got one, you whip it out, and you go. So I, I thought that was a kind of a nice addition because then you can assess each situation differently. What do you need? I need the bigger one. This time, I need something a little faster, quicker, because I'm getting overwhelmed. Whatever you need. They've got you covered. And I thought that was a nice addition. Yeah. Now, Travis Strikes Again, like I said, felt like a one-off. But I would say it's equally important to the overall narrative. And I'm so glad I played it before I jumped into Part 3. Now, combat is relegated to that isometric hack-and-slash arcade-style type gameplay, mm -hmm. uh, which can get a little... You're like, all right, here we're doing well, this again. Each world does have its own flair to kind of keep it fresh. So the first level or the first world may seem just basic running, slashing, running, slashing. The next one, you're, you're investigating a murder in a mansion. The uh, next one, you're actually having to look down in a very Pac-Man-esque landscape in a neighborhood and find your way to the next area. They found ways to kind of keep it unique so you're not just doing. You are doing that, but in a different way. There was yeah. even one level that was platforming. So you had to really work on that, too. You had to have your platforming skills in check. And that was mm -hmm. frustrating but fun at the same time. And the fact that this had Hotline Miami, not just as a bonus... But it was in the game. Not like what? you didn't play like the level, but like the last uh -huh. area, like the last main area, it became part of the narrative. Like you're running to these machines that's a hotline arcade, hotline mammy arcade machine, and you're conversing with the characters from the game. I was like, Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I was like, that's oh, that's so sweet. That's so awesome. <laughs> and Travis is such a fan, and I'm like, yes. Yes. I love this. Oh, great. I mean, it may not have been in the way that I was hoping, but it was like the fact that it was there, I was like, that's, oh man, that's Dude, so cool. Yeah. They used the music love too. <gasps> yes. Then, you're, then you've won. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's 
I mean, there's a true love of indie games here. And as I mentioned, there was uh, the shade at EA that I heard about. It's very direct. Like the very, oh, like yeah. one of the last levels you go to, you are playing in the game that he made, Shadow of the Damned. And while they may not have referenced EA directly, you get what they're saying. You you know exactly what they're talking about. And I honestly feel like a lot of this stuff rolls over to part three. So not just okay. not just narratively, but how he feels about these AAA companies and and just everything. Because again, his love for for indie games is ever well and present here. In Travis Strikes Again, you get t-shirts. It may not seem like anything, but every t-shirt you can get, with a few exceptions, it's a, it's a it's an indie game. You name an indie game, there's a t-shirt for it. Minute, uh, Hyperlight Drifter, uh, uh, Gris, Hotline Miami. Nice. Name one, and I Dropsy. That was just yes. I mean, it's just they're all there. Anything that you can think of, they're all there. Oh my God, Dropsy. Dropsy. Okay. You can get a T-shirt yeah, with Dropsy on it. I just sorry that game flooded into my brain real fast mm. and it took over. That's a trip. And then, <laughs> like I said, just about any indie game you can think of, I promise you, there's mm-hmm. a T-shirt for it. Oh, and then you dear. can get Devolver T-shirts. Which, oh, fun. I mean, and he I mean, he now. must. The fact that he has this much love for Devolver, because there was not only just Devolver logo t-shirts, but there are some in, in uh, No More Heroes 3. Oh, yeah? I want to see them collaborate. Devolver yeah, and Suda. Like, are they not involved together? Because this seems like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, it needs to happen. I swear it needs to happen. But anyway, I digress. No More Heroes 3 picks up two years... After the events of Travis Strikes Again, aliens are invading Earth, led by a character named Fu, F-U. Okay, good. Yes. Uh, Who has... (laughs) They actually gave this character a fully animated backstory that's very reminiscent of E.T. at the beginning of the game. So, like, he's he's just like this little innocent, oh, and then he runs into a boy, oh, and they're just so fun, and they're having uh, such fun together. (coughs) Then he has to go back home, and you know he'll he says he's he's gonna come back in twenty years, and it just seemed like an arbitrary like why are you coming back in twenty? That doesn't even make sense, but he does, and now he does? he's like this big giant. He's nothing like he used to be, and he's an entitled asshat who sets up the, the in- grown up alien. Yeah, and he set up an intergalactic superhero ranking, and challenges Earth to fight back. Because he's going to prove something. He's going to be the boss of Earth. And that's that. Because he's entitled. Okay. And Travis is uh, immediately targeted from the start. But he has help from his friends. Bad man. Bad girl. And his apprentice Shinobu. All of which have been seen in previous games. So there's that rollover. And in fact, they... That whole uh, quartet was last seen in Travis Strikes Again. So that would explain why they're all together here. Now, unfortunately, spoilers ahead if you don't want to know, but this happens happens fairly early in the game. This will be the only spoiler that I give. Uh, Once Travis proves that he's not to be trifled with, Fu comes to size him up 
and uh, he maims Shinobu, like tears her arms off. I thought she was ah. dead, but luckily she survived. And then he kills Badman by pretty much crushing his head in. So, you know, now Bad Girl, which is his daughter. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. This is like right in the beginning. Like, now what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Bad Girl, if you didn't know, that's Badman's daughter. So you actually fought her in the first game. She was one of the, I think, the third ranking in the first game. Remember, I think I'm still stuck it's at fine. Chicken the Warehouse. I'm just saying for, for general knowledge, <laughs> so everybody knows. But He's been tormented there for months now. I don't but Bad Girl pretty much goes into a state of depression where she's like, my, my dad is dead and I don't know what to do. Yeah. And then Shinobu's laid up in a bed. So everybody's, Travis is all alone. Or is he? We'll get to that in a minute. So the formula of this game actually reverts back to that of the original where you must once again earn money to pay for your entrance fee into the next match. Earning money again comes in the form of odd jobs, but also in defense missions which go along with the required designated match matches that must be fought before you can actually get to the ranking match. Now this is unlike how they did it in the other because if you remember in the first game, you go to a match, then there would be this long path before you get to the boss. And that would kind of be your fight. Here, they kind of cut that middleman out. It's like, here's your fight, here's your fight, here's your fight. If you want to do other things before the fight, you can do that. If you don't, it's okay. Just earn the money, you know, line it up and then go. And once all your requirements have been fulfilled, you can go directly to the ranking match. And I mean, here's the ranking match, you go in, you walk down a path, if you want to save real quick, if you want to eat some sushi, which that's a carryover from the other one. Uh, mm-hmm. Sushi kind of gives you a stat boost before you go in. Okay. And then you go, I mean, the boss is right there. All you got to do is walk in, boom. Okay, I love that. Yeah, so it's it really cuts out some nonsense. So the yeah. nonsense is really how much time do you want to spend doing anything else or, you know, do you want to go straight to the match? I appreciate that. Uh, this method seems much more ideal uh, than the other stuff because this allows you to progress at your own pace. What do I love about this game? First things first, combat, outstanding. Feels tight and very intense. I love, and I don't know why, they do it in every game, but you'll sit there and he'll whip out his, his beam katana and then they make you press A to kind of ignite it. And that's how, in each game, that's what they do. For whatever reason in this, it just feels more aggressive. And then when it happens, you're just like, I'm ready for this fight. There's a little little (laughs) Easter egg for everybody if you've seen what she's talking about. If you don't know, well, it's your fault. Um, But the the ignition of the beam katana just feels like it's, it's... I don't know. It just, it hypes you up because like mm-hmm. you feel that intensity and you're just like, I'm ready to go, baby. And then you just rush into a fight. And I just, I don't know. It gets me pumped every time. The addition of the death glove, which is a carryover from Travis Strikes Again, changes the fight dynamic. So now you have extra moves that you can do where you can slow down time in a certain area to help you fight. You can do kind of like a, a force push on enemies if you want to do that. But my all-time favorite's the drop kick. 
is like I'll be sitting there fighting and maybe the other enemy is kind of a distance away after I finish somebody off and then I can just drop kick them from a distance and sometimes it kills them, sometimes it doesn't, but it always helps me get to them faster and then hack and slash. Fair. So it really, really changes the fight dynamic and it took me a minute to really get used to it because you're used to hack slash dodge, hack slash dodge, swipe or whatever. But, but a decent improvement over the ones they've done before. Yes, it really just helps. I mean, everything is just so intense, you know, mm. and just even the enemies themselves, they have, they're not, you know, your normal uh, goons from the last games. These are alien creatures. And each alien has a different fight style. So one could be a giant robot and it's sitting there shooting beams at you. The other one could be someone who's a you know, great swordsman, just like you. There are these ones who will actually keep you on your toes and you'll have about three at a time. And they are, they'll block everything you've got, they'll jump up in the air, doing like all these super height ninja moves. And those are the ones you really have to kind of keep your eyes on. But if you can keep your dodge game good to where you can always keep it moving, you can mess them up pretty quick. So you've just got to be on your toes. Always dodge, always roll, keep it moving, keep it moving. I'd forget to attack and I would just like keep constantly dodging. Like, this is taking forever. <laughs> now, additionally, there are new moves that come to the returning slash reel, which is, you know, the little lottery machine thing that'll sometimes show up and then it'll give you a boost. Uh, sometimes it could be something like you get extra Utopia coins, which are your uh, currency in this game. There's another thing called your WESN, which is a currency that helps you boost your stats. Uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but some of the moves that come with this, you get continuous throws, so you'll see like your hands are on fire, so that means you can just go up to people and just start chucking them or body slamming them, doing all your wrestling moves, and that can really change the tide. Because another thing that they do in this game, I mean, you can remember your, um, you've got to charge your beam katana. Sure. Well, with this, yeah. if you can do a body slam on someone, if it'll automatically uh, recharge your beam katana so always remember to go for the grab that'll help ah, you in a pinch so you don't have to take time out to yeah because the the battery in this one can be a little frustrating at times because it feels like it runs out and even if you boost it all you're doing is extending the meter so it's a challenge that you have to kind of adapt to just try to make sure you're keeping an eye on your beam katana charge and then, again, if you can grab and body slam, instant charge, and you don't have to worry about it. So there are a lot of things about the combat that are nice additions, changes that may seem frustrating at first, but once you figure out the, the method to it, then it becomes, uh, you'll figure it out. It'll become second nature before you know it. Uh, there's also a hyper-powered mech suit that you can get into. Uh, you have... One that can just like obliterate everybody on the screen, like one shot and then you're done. And there's another version of that. And it all depends on the, the way the sevens are. There's like red sevens and green sevens. Red sevens is like instant death. Green sevens you can actually fight. and But you also still have some of your weaponry that you can use on the ground. Okay. So that can also change the tide of a fight if you can get that. Mm. Uh, but the familiar combat mechanics, they helped me jump back, you know, back into combat. Everything felt familiar with just a few tweaks that I had to get used to but it, it just if you're familiar with the games combat and the other games you're gonna 
jump right back in. You just need to yeah. kind of get familiar with the new stuff. Now, the vast cityscape of Santa Destroy is once again explorable, albeit with some changes. There are five additional areas that are also available to explore, all with collectibles and odd jobs that you can take care of. Uh, one particular odd job is a plumbing minigame that you can unclog toilets, which are save spots. So oh, the fact good. that you have this large cityscape, they have given you save spots to, you know, use if you so choose so you don't have to go running back to your apartment. So if you're just Excellent. out and about, you can be like, oh, yeah, I need to save. <laughs> that was kind of nice. Uh, and yeah. seeing how the world is much larger now. Additionally, there are variations of a few other odd jobs, like there's a trash disposal game where you're picking trash out of um, a, a watery area. I wouldn't call it a lake, I wouldn't call it a creek, it's just like there's an area where there's some water, some nasty like water. Like a little pond. Yeah, and you're picking that up, but um, you also have to watch out for alligators. Oh, okay. Yeah, because there are alligators floating around in the dirty water. And then they'll come up and bite you. But they give you a second. Like, if you pay it. I didn't realize what was going on at first. And then I realized, oh, okay, so I'm doing this wrong. So when the alligator comes up, you have to hit a button. And if you hit the right button in a, a perfect amount of time, you can body slam the alligator. And then you get away. <laughs> if you don't, okay. then you die. So you just have to, you know, be aware of your surroundings and the alligator. I didn't know that at first, and I was like, what is going on? I don't know what's going on. I'm getting mad. Well, hopefully you use the restroom before. I do. And mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there's also, you can mow the lawn again. It's fun, sure. you know. That's always yeah. fun. Uh, there's a new job, like uh, mining. You go into this mine, and you collect ore. Oh, yeah? Uh, there's a criminal pursuit game, which is pretty much you riding on your bike, chasing the car down, and trying to ram it off the road. And you got a set amount of time to do that. And then there's coastal me. defense which I didn't know what the hell to expect here, but um, you can tell Suda must love kaiju movies because mm -hmm. you essentially are on a gun and then these giant alligators will come up out of the, the ocean and you've got to shoot them. And that's, that's what that is. Or he just really hates alligators. Or he hates alligators. Who knows? There's some trauma there maybe we've got to look into. But that, that was, uh, those are fun little mini games. Not necessary, but, you know, fun little distractions should you want to do that. For a future favorite minigame episode, mm -hmm. maybe. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Now, you can also find aliens selling t-shirts for currency or in exchange for certain or meeting certain requirements. Now, unlike the other, you had a shop where you, you know, bought all your clothes and things like that. Well, that's gone away here. The t-shirt aliens, if... I don't know what else to call them. They'll say, hey, I've got a, I got a t-shirt here for you, and I'll either sell it to you for X amount of coins, or some may say uh, you've got to defeat 15 defense missions, or you've got to dodge 25 times, or whatever it may sure, be. okay, yeah, Just yeah. little things like that. Little challenges. And it's kind of a nice change from the previous entries, uh, mainly because, you know, trading versus giving them money is kind of nice. But at the same time, I kind of miss the one-stop shop for my clothes just because yeah, some simplicity to yeah. it and I don't have to explore everywhere and keep sure. going back. That's fair. Because it's not, like, the t-shirt aliens stay put 
they're stationary so you'll know exactly where you're going to find them and there may be like two or three in one area of the cities but like whenever you buy one from them you just have to come back uh-huh. later and maybe they'll have a new one for you a new requirement uh, or setup so while supplies last yeah so it's this having to bounce around each one to find out it yeah. can be like a uh, kind of no bueno yeah i prefer the one just stop to the store spot. <laughs> yeah. and and the wardrobe also feels much more limited here like there are no options to change various pieces of your clothes just your t-shirt but that said there are a few full wardrobe changes you can earn that are actually pretty cool one that i liked okay. uh specifically was a an outfit it's all black casual sweatpants sandals and a hooded sweatshirt that had fuck racism printed on it but the sandals yeah made me go, mm. but it had to go with the <laughs> the um sweats design yeah over. sweats and hoodie i don't know did he have on socks no 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 socks okay well then we'll let it slide <laughs> this time now, while also exploring the city, you may encounter side story quests, which are presented as text-based cutscenes, just like they were in Travis Strikes Again. So you'll have this okay. green box text or whatever come up, and it looks like an old PC game of some kind. I think I mentioned that before when I'm talking about mm-hmm. Travis Strikes Again. So each of the stories start and end, which I, I just I dig the hell out of this. They start and end with an 80s Transformer style tra- scene transition. So the logo will show up and go, dun, 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 and then go away. <laughs> oh, fine. Yeah. So that uh, <laughs> to me is uh, worth the story bits alone, just to have that. And yeah. they may last like a brief second. Like some of the ending spots of it, they'll say, hey, go back to this spot. And you go over there and it's like, hey, I did the thing. All right, cool. Thanks for your help. Dun, 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 and you're done. <laughs> cool so they may seem pointless to some but i I enjoyed the hell out of them i mean sometimes it's okay to just be fine yeah it's just fine (laughs) uh returning to the aforementioned cityscape getting around santa destroy is much easier this time thanks to a brand new bike very reminiscent of the bike scene in the anime film akira or akira if you're you know one of those people who want to be akira that's how it's said but I, tr- I, tr- say those things, I those try calls. to say it the way it's meant to be said. Akira. And that's good on you. Yeah, I try. I think I'm going to butcher it regardless. <laughs> uh, in fact, what's so uh, reminiscent, not just as the bike reminiscent, but as you're driving and you hit your brake, Travis actually does a slide. And if you if you look up Akira and you see an iconic shot it's going to be of one of the characters on their bike side straddled in this certain pose and that's what he's doing and i'm like that's oh yeah that's awesome uh but the bike controls are so solid and so much more fluid that you don't it doesn't feel like a chore driving the bike around like it moves with you it's so smooth and I really appreciate that. In fact, if you crash, it's kind of your fault this time. <laughs> it's not the bike. <laughs> right. uh, you can even run from the outset, which is something you really couldn't do in the first game. But it's not as fast as the first game. Like, there was a super fast run you had in the first game in this. It's it's more of a, a faster trot, but it doesn't run out either. So you can run as long as you want. Mm-hmm. But it, it if you're having to explore an area, you kind of want to run a little bit faster you know what i'm saying that's all i'm saying yeah that's how i feel about it 
but there really isn't a lot to explore in these areas, just like in the first game. It's very empty compared to many other open world style games just like it. And while that may seem disappointing, the more I sat on it, I honestly feel like it was done on purpose. I genuinely think, and I could be wrong, I have nothing to back this up, but I genuinely think Suda is pointing out how pointless and barren these 100 plus hour open world games can be. I genuinely think this is what this is about. Not to mention hey. certain other commentary made about other games. For example, the last boss I fought, or, or fought I can't even speak. The last <laughs> boss I fought did a slow walk to get to me. And as it's oh, no. doing this, you hear Travis and Gene. Gene talks, by the way, your cat. But I'll get into that in a minute because I'm almost positive. <laughs> at two hours. But, He's like, I'll get into that in a minute. Buckle in. Go take a potty break. Sibling. But Gene talks. Uh, it walked. This this boss is walking towards you. And as this walking towards you, uh, they start commenting. How long is this going to take? Why is this taking so long? My God, this is taking forever. And then finally the boss shows up and is like, sorry, I just got here. And it's like, yeah, we saw you. It took you five minutes to get here. And it's like, kids today don't want to wait for this. It's like, we don't right? need this in this game. And then they have this little banter back and forth about it. And it's just like, see, he knows what he's doing. So I'm yeah. honestly feeling like all the, com- yeah, all the complaints people have, I genuinely feel like certain aspects. He's sitting back laughing. Exactly. <laughs> I honestly feel like these are very conscious choices, despite how you feel about them. Graphically, the game looks great depending on what you're doing. Whenever you're fighting or doing a job, everything looks solid, if not mm, tad dated, but it still looks good. That said, while exploring the city, the graphics are a bit choppy. The frame rates can drop from time to time. Uh, It doesn't make the game look unplayable, but it's curious like this is one of those yeah this is one of those things that i can't think of a legit reason why he would do this you know like what what's the purpose beyond doing that game or hardware do you think it was built in or do you think it's just the switch trying to it could be all up yeah it could be the switch i mean that that definitely could be part of the problem with it as well because again we're talking about the switch this game could look so much better it was built for it though yeah yeah but it could, it could be better on a different piece of hardware, but we won't get into that. Uh, but with No More Heroes, another thing that's always a plus is the soundtrack. I'm sure you, you've been hearing it the entire time I've been talking. It's no different. Soundtrack is solid. Every piece of music is specifically catered masterfully to the scene in which it plays. And the guitar shred you hear at the fight, like the end of a fight, is like big, bold letters come up. Kill! And it's like, I can't even do it. But it's just, it's especially satisfying. There's so much style to this game. So much. That it's just, it's a joy. Uh, And hopefully I'll get through this very soon. Because I know we're, (laughs) I told you it was beefy. I know, and I tried to edit. It's fine. To help out. (laughs) Uh, One absolutely wonderful element to this game are the boss battles themselves. Each one has its own unique approach. So not every fight feels identical. 
Some are pretty straightforward. You go in, you know, hack and slash, hack and slash, whatever. Some have a twist. Examples include going in to fight one character until another unknown character pops in and kills the rank fighter before I do. And now I have to fight the guy who killed the guy that killed the fighter that I was supposed to be fighting. And then it just it's like turns into, okay, wow. So okay. I thought I was coming here for this fight, but now I got to fight you. There's that. Or there was one rank fighter where <laughs> we played musical chairs. Mm. Oh, good. Yeah. We play musical chairs. I'm pretty, I'm pretty rough with elbows. Yeah. So I could win that. So it's it's one of those, uh, what do you call them? Uh, rhythm games? Like a rhythm game. Oh, so yeah. You have to, like QTEs yeah. popping on the screen. So you have to kind of keep with the rhythm. Keep with the rhythm. And then if you've got all the good rhythm, you're going to have like a speed boost running to the chairs. And then boom. Oh, nice. And then once you uh, fight that or will you win that, her friend uh, will come out and fight you. Which is like this big poofy blob, and it can kill you like that with a beam. And I thought I was gonna do really good because I was dodging, I was moving, I was dodging, I was moving, and I, I was made in the rhythm. I made one wrong move, and then poof, I was gone. I was like, shit. So, yeah, it's Careful. In, it's, in t- it's intense <laughs> stuff, but I love it. Now, when this game was released. I saw reviews that were split down the middle, but it didn't surprise me because I feel like Suda51 is a very divisive game director. Much like Hideo Kojima, he has his own style and flair, which he injects into these games to make them stand apart. And it's a style that's not going to be for everyone. There are references to so much 80s pop culture, E.T., The Terminator, Rocky 3, that shit had me rolling. Oh my God. That people, if you are aware of these movies, you will immediately recognize. You're going to say, oh, yes, yes, that's it. There are video game references. Some that may not seem as uh, blatantly obvious, but some that are. You had video game references to Super Mario 64. Climbing a tree and doing a backflip. Yeah. Legend of Zelda. You collect an item, he does that pose that Link does, where he's holding the item up in the air. Fantastic. Final Fantasy. This shit, the, the same fight that I mentioned, where you, the slow walker, he wanted to fight in an RPG style. And okay. they argued for a minute. It's like, no, we're not going to do this. This is action. What are you talking about? Like, no, no, no. I feel like that my, my choice has validation. I want to fight as an RPG. So then we go into RPG mode with the text boxes fight magic summon Grab, items sword yeah drag <laughs> and what was beautiful about that is there's a twist to how you beat to that boss like at first i was like something's not right here and then i started doing some adjustments to how i was fighting and then i was like okay i see what we're doing here i got you you yeah. tricked me you bastards i won't say what it is good. because i want people to go out there and try it for themselves because it, yeah. That was that was pretty good, but Final Fantasy, yeah, that was that was a nice treat, had me smiling. But then we have deeper cuts, deeper cuts for. I mean, you really have to know what you're talking about. You really have to know the culture. Ultraman, Mobile Suit Gundam, Common Rider, even filmmaker Takashi Miike. Do you have any idea about any of these things? No. No. And I I'm pretty sure a lot of people won't. 
Yeah. One great example that kind of blurs the line of both uh -huh. is as you start a new fight or you're moving into the next rank match, there's a Netflix-style countdown to the next episode. So they'll show a big G, like for Grasshopper Manufacturing. The little bar mm -hmm. will show up in the top corner going, next episode in three, two, one, boom. Oh, okay, that's cute. And then each episode opens with an Ultraman-inspired opening. Like, it doesn't necessarily have the music or anything like that that would be like, oh, Ultraman. But if you've ever seen an opening to the original Ultraman, you'd get what I'm talking about. Like this shadowy figures off in the background and while the credits are rolling. Uh -huh. Very referential to that. At least that's what I felt like. Uh, these are references that are love letters to everything he loves. Much like series staples of anime and wrestling. He loves those okay. things and they're in the game. If you are a fan of Goichi Suda's work, this is a no-brainer. If you ever played any of his games, you'll know whether or not this is for you or not. If you've never played one of his games, I would recommend you go try something like No More Heroes to start with before diving into something like this because you really have to work up to the insanity. <laughs> okay? I was going to ask if someone like who hadn't played the other ones if you felt could jump into this newest one and enjoy it. You, you might be able to, but I feel like you would better appreciate it if you sure. had some familiarity to the characters the and the story it. coming from it. Mm -hmm. Because there are so many questions to ask. Um, is he married to Sylvia Crystal, the woman who's been torturing him for the last three games? Uh, and she always seems very dismissive of him. Why does his cat talk like a large man? And we know it's a female because... She a wizard? She's got kittens. That you have to find and collect. Oh. But she talks like this. Okay, Travis, let me tell you something. And you're like, oh, oh, what? You, oh, okay. And you just, yeah, well, you roll yeah. with it. Why not? Just go with it, yeah. Why does it have to sound like a girl? It doesn't. It doesn't have to. Or, or what does sounding <laughs> like that even mean anymore? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> really? Yeah. Know. But anyway, this game has been a treat for me. And I'm right at the end. In fact, I, I thought I was going to have time to beat it. But uh, I just I ran out of time. That's okay. It's fine. Yeah. But I have heard that this will be uh, Travis's last ride, which leaves me curious. Like for good, good? That's what I've heard. Yeah. So right. it, well. it leaves me curious to know how it's all going to end. Does Suda leave him with a happy ending? Or does his endless bloodshed finally catch up with him? But whatever it is, I know I'm going to be satisfied. Good. Dang, because see, I kind of just want to jump into that one because mm -hmm. of what you said about the game mechanics. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that was my problem with the first one. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I, it's I couldn't get on board. Yeah, it's a little something you've got to build up to. But, uh, I apologize, this is a long one, but I really wanted to, to go deep into this game and, and do it justice, talk about it right. I, I guess in reality, what, 20 minutes or so more than we, <laughs> we normally do anyway? Yeah. We buckle it. It's, You're used to it. Yeah, it's... Um, I had a lot to say about it because I really did enjoy this game. And the fact that it continued to bring a smile to my face every time they would do something new. Yeah. It was just like, can't beat that. How many games yeah, do that for yeah. you? How many games just bring you a smile just because of the way they're presenting something? Yeah. You know? 
this fun and unique way yeah. that, yeah, no, that sounds like a lot of fun. So a uh, good addition to round out the series if that's what it ends up being, the way uh, it seems to be headed. Yeah. So, so only on the Switch. Only on the yeah. Switch, people. Only on the Switch. Yeah, a Nintendo exclusive. Mm -hmm. They got their heads in it, which is fine. It's fine. Everyone's allowed. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do these days. Ain't nothing wrong with it. So, a Steven recommendation. Yes, absolutely. A Steven recommendation. Excellent. So, if you're looking for a new game. And I would I would even say, uh, as far as a recommendation, like I said, if you've never played a shooter game, go find one. Try it out. In fact, mm -hmm. you know what? I even, I even forgot one last little thing that I found out he did. This makes me want to go do this. He actually incorporated characters from other games that I didn't even know about. Oh. Yeah. There was like this one character showed up out of nowhere and I was like, I remembered him from Travis Strikes Again, but then I found out he mentioned this thing called the 25th Ward and I was like, 25th Ward, what does that sound familiar? I looked it up. It's another game. And I was like, holy shit, Jeez. what is this? We're no longer the buffs we think we are. Well, I know I'm not. Yeah. I blissfully just go through whatever I enjoy and then delete information as new comes in. <laughs> But but how awesome is that? He, it makes me want to go seek these out. Yeah. Now I want to go check yeah. out what this game is. It may not be anything, but why not? Might have been the intention. Get you searching through other games you may not have found uh, otherwise. Yeah. Or would have given a second thought. That's right. Well, cool. I'll have to get through the first one. You can. I might just have to text you raging. Like, how do I get past this boss? I'm sick of it. Genuinely. If we could have, like, a Dark Souls feature where you could just, like, jump into my game real fast, beat that boss, and let me move on with my life, that would be... I, I could live with that. I would sleep. I could do it. I could do it. <laughs> I'm sure you could. I just don't know that that feature's there. I mean, I'll, I'll at least say this. This series is probably one that I can confidently speak to and say I can take your boss on. Bring it. I'm good with the ring it. Yeah, I'm good with my beam katana, and I'll challenge anybody uh, to a beam katana fight if we could. <laughs> Let's do it. Wow, we'll see if my poor Travis guy ever leaves that warehouse. We'll see. But that's our show. That's what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. That's the show. Uh, you, of course, siblings, can hit us up sometime on Twitter at Super Mega Crash. You can send us a G <laughs> send us a Gmail. You can send us a Gmail. <laughs> Well, you know, you could send us that email to supermegacrash at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram to view the weekly icon art Stephen puts time and love into. You could support the show by liking and leaving reviews on your preferred platform and even going to patreon.com forward slash pencil and paper productions. Now, you also should remember you can go find us over at youtube.com forward slash pencil and paper productions. Check out Super Mega Crash Adventures. Episode two, which mm -hmm. we uh, dropped on Saturday this week. Um, we just suck at premieres, but just know that it's out there and yeah. you can go watch it and it's lovely. <laughs> and for the love of God, please watch it because this was one that uh, got a lot of love and care and extra time put into and I'm proud of it. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll get on the doc level of marketing here. Hopefully. Soon. We'll get on it. But uh, with that being said, uh, you can tell your friends to find us on Pencil and Paper Podcast Network or just search Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo, uh, where you can find us on wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Um, and then just thank you so much for listening. I'm Lacey O'Finley. I'm Stephen White. And I just want to say, hopefully in the near future, if you've gotten this far, we're going to make it easier for you to find everything. I'm just going to lay that seed right there.
Ooh, he's going to leave a little hint there for us, mm-hmm. Super Mega Crash siblings. But I guess until then, game on. This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.